Welcome back to another episode of This Is Your Show, a podcast for people who just need a place to vent about their issues or chat with somebody, for people who are experiencing hardship or success, a place where people can feel safe to come and celebrate their winnings, as well as ask for help while they feel they are not winning so much. I've been both high and I've been low, but what got me through both of those experiences was the people that love me and support me. If you feel like you don't have that in your life, I'm extending an invite to be your friend or just somebody to listen. Let's get started. Are you new to podcasting? Does it seem overwhelming trying to get a hold of where to start? Have you been doing it for a while and have a lot of content built up but don't have the time to edit? Fortunately, from being the executive editor for my own podcast, I have become rather efficient at it. I am offering my service to edit podcasts no matter what level your show is at. If you need a sole editor for your show, or even just an extra editor on your team, please reach out to me at tylerfriedelproductions at gmail.com. I have different plans available to help an array of people in the podcast world. One thing many of us have come to realize since the lockdown due to COVID is we may be apart, but we can still connect and share ideas with each other via the internet. Let me help you get your story out there. Share with me the vision you have for your show and I will help you get it there. Wherever you are in your stages of creation, I want to help you take it to the next level. Thank you for listening. Let's get back to the show. Stefanos Ephthemiu and I met in the six-figure songwriting cohort, but that is not why we are speaking today. He contacted me initially to talk about his amazing talents as a composer and a producer. But after he watched the documentary on Netflix, The Social Dilemma, he implored me to watch it so we could discuss it on the show. Stefanos and I were both impacted by the information in this documentary. If you have not seen it yet, especially if you have younger children who are using social media platforms regularly, I strongly recommend you give it a look. Here's my conversation with Stefanos. Hey, bud. Hey, Tyler. You all right? I'm good. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. Good to finally talk to you. Yeah, man. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you great. That's good. Sounding radio ready. Yeah, right? This Zoom (laughs) is like night and day from that other app that I was using. Just finding out the little tricks of the trade to make it easier. That's right. Clicking all the buttons, flipping all the switches and everything. So Nice, man. It's great that you're doing this. And uh, Yeah. yeah, cheers for having me on. Yeah, thanks for being here. I'm very excited to talk to you about, actually, you reached out to me about the social dilemma yesterday and we watched it. My daughter and I watched it and wow, wow. That's all I could think about after I watched. I'm like, I'm going to disable Facebook right now. And like, every time I look at my phone, I'm like, I know you're talking to me right now. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Oh man, I know that's that's exactly it. It kind of left me really stunned. It left me like pretty overwhelmed. Um, emotional angry just a load of stuff i remember my because i'm living here in the uk with my parents at the minute and they they'd walked in they'd been out somewhere and they came in just as the program finished you know just as the documentary finished oh yeah and i was i must have just looked stunned and they were like what's going on you all right and i was just like yeah i've just seen something that's basically highlighted everyone's fears for the last two decades and (laughs) yeah no kidding it's it's pretty intense isn't it it is very intense. And like, I, I kept pausing it to talk to my daughter about it and say, you know, this is some stuff that a lot of us were worried about in the beginning, but then we became so accustomed to it that it was no longer a concern, even though 
a lot of us still know that that's a possibility. Like anytime I click on any app or anything is like, am I being watched? Is this being documented? Like, do they know how long I stare at this, this ad for and whatnot? And yeah. it's true. And watching Snowden, have you seen that one? Yeah. Yeah. Snowden. That yeah. one was the, the first real eye opener for me when it came to all this technology and exactly yeah. what they're doing with it. He was one of the first to come forward, or at least as far as I know, to start talking about that kind of stuff and be a bit of a whistleblower in that area. I guess. Yeah, and he's still extradited. He's not allowed in the States still, as yeah. far as I understand. He's yeah. in Moscow or something, right? That's still going on for him. Like his journey is you know, very much still there. Very much a real thing. And now us all being at home and on Zoom, like... They're going to take a look at the mess that I have in my house for all I care. If they're looking at me right now, have fun, man. You're not going to find anything. But there's a lot of us. Yeah, take a look at my life. It's not that glamorous or anything. But all of us, or not all of us, but a, a higher percentage of us are now even more so online than before. Yeah, I think it's that it's the whole beneath the surface thing, isn't it? It's like it doesn't really matter if they can see. Like, I don't give a shit if they can see my room or what's going on there but it's actually the kind of insidious undercurrent that's driving their computer systems and that kind of thing and the effect that it's having on the younger generations I think as you pointed out with you watched it with your daughter um, and it kind of it's highlighting just how far it's gone and how quickly uh, exponentially you know the the rise in just the intelligence of the AI systems that are used it is, it is a scare. So I've got nieces of my own, you know, and other kind of family friends with young children. And they don't know because they've grown up with technology. They're not so aware of the, the difficulties and complications with it all. Right. Like it's that one guy's comment is we have an entire generation now that are being groomed to think that this manipulation by AI is a completely normal thing. Yeah. And so what exactly. will that do to the psyche of that generation when they get to our age? Yeah, that, that's what we don't know. It's like everything requires some degree of sort of long-term research um, to see, you know, what happens. But where it's still relatively quite fresh, but what we do know is that there's already been exponential growth in uh, anxiety and suicide rates. And what was the horrible thing is that's amongst preteens. Well. I know. And that, my daughter is going to be next, next Friday. She's going to be 13. So I said, you fall in the preteen yeah. category right now, but next week you're in that teenage category, but it doesn't matter. That same age group kids that you're, that are your age should be happy to be alive and happy to just be your age, as opposed to trying to compare yourself to all these unrealistic right, sta standards is, that we see out every yeah. day exactly that exactly that it's the whole comparison thing isn't it and feeling like they have targets now that they have to attain and that's right and fortunately i mean we watched it as of as an explanation as to why she doesn't have these things because she doesn't have facebook doesn't have snapchat she she's on youtube right now but we watch clean videos on youtube but even still it is a form of a Facebook watching mindless videos for hours, right? So we're homeschooling, it's a break, but I monitor that, but not every parent does. <clears throat> and yeah. so that was the explanation that I had was, this is why you don't have these things because it's even worse than I actually could have ever imagined it being. Yeah. So I'm very, very glad that we've taken this route, but she can be a spokesperson for people her age. Yeah, definitely. And it's good to hear that you've uh, managed to kind of 
keep her off some of the bigger platforms by this yeah, time. Yeah, a, a lot of kids do have them all. You know, I was like practicing for a play at the theater at the local theater. I was doing rehearsal, and I walked by my daughter and another, you know, one of the cast members' kids, and they were we were in the middle of just a break, I think. And I walked by with my script in my hand, re rehearsing my line. And my daughter's like, oh, we're making a Snapchat video. And I just kind of whatever and walked by. And a few days later at work, somebody's like, oh, I saw your kid on Snapchat this weekend. I'm like, how? She doesn't have that. And she goes, oh, really? And she pulls out the map and shows me exactly where my kid was standing when that video was made. And there's the video of my kid. And I'm like, okay, I have to contact this person, say, please remove the, the video. But even they didn't realize that their exact pinpoint location was on a map, exactly where they were. And I said, if you and another 12, 12 year old girl were, oh, we're home alone, we're after school, blah, blah, blah. And someone my size kicked the door down and came right into the house. Do you think you and another 12 year old could fight off somebody my size? This right, is exactly right. why they have age restrictions on these things. But like that documentary said, you can start up a Snapchat account without being 18. You just have to say you are. Yeah. There's nothing to actually find out what the actual age is. No verification. It's just, are you? Yep. Click. <laughs> yeah. That's madness, isn't it? It's just one of many. And the problem with all of those, I was just, um, actually had a zoom not that long ago with a couple of friends I haven't spoke to in a long time and some of this stuff came up but you know it's, it's the fact that all these apps are like snapchat uh, twitter instagram facebook they're all competing for engagement you know that that's the scary fact is they're doing whatever they can by whatever means to make sure that you're spending as much time on there as possible so and it kind of seems obvious but it's the methods that they're actually using to ensure that is what's scary because it's actually by keeping us on there and keeping us addicted particularly amongst the younger ones because it's that like instant dopamine hit isn't it and yes these short-term short rewards that they're constantly driving these apps with but you know it's it's not actually in the long run it's having really bad effects and it's eroding our own faculties and our ability to understand that we're no longer able to think properly about these apps because they seem innocent on the surface they certainly yeah. do like they, they do, said you they? know this is million year old technology in our head but we're staring at an ai that understands our thinking process better than we understand its thinking yes. process how can you compete yeah, with something yeah, yeah. that like that especially when you're like six years old yeah you know, i've you know right. i've got nieces too and tablets and stuff and i mean we're all guilty of it it's it was a very i remember uh, you know our generation got to grow up without phones and grow up with i remember when the first bag phone was a thing i'm like whoa this is cool <laughs> you know and so i know what it was like without the cell phones and yeah. i remember like wouldn't it be nice if you could just send a message really quick to a friend and yes it became available through you know my daughter and i explained to her what a fax was this morning and i said <laughs> they've taken that technology and put it into the palm of your hand and it doesn't print a photo although it has the option to print the photo yeah. you're sending an image via a phone like a fax used to be and so it was a really convenient thing at first and like all the developers even said it was just for convenience sake you finding donors anywhere in the world for organ transplants and stuff there is a very good side to it but like you said mm, that mm. flip side that underside of that that coin it's a dark and scary place and it's so unknown and it's deep yeah that's the thing isn't it there's always like um you've got a million and one pros but then there's an equal amount if not more negative if not it seems more to be. yeah that's right. and that's, that's that's the problem with it mm -hmm. so what, what you said about tablets 
that was something I was meaning to talk to you about was yeah. when, I, when I, yeah, when I first started, I got into teaching doing workshops in a primary school and it was predominantly on iPads and it was when they first, you know, the boom of the iPad really. And we'd started realizing in schools and in the education system that you could actually utilize them in the classroom. And for the most part, it was incredible. And me and the, the head teacher where I was at the time, we were collectively devising you know, lesson plans and the stuff that they were able to do and achieve on the iPads was incredible. The music production that they were doing or even like architectural stuff, you know, designing buildings or sculptures and all this great sort of stuff that they were doing. But at the beginning of each lesson, I remember we'd have to teach e-safety, which was how to avoid cyberbullying was a big one. And then also just staying safe, the general staying safe online and avoiding getting onto websites that you shouldn't and that kind of stuff mm -hmm. but the more i was actually teaching it the more the kids were sort of outsmarting the teachers on the ipads almost and they were able to unlock all the parental controls and they were just being very very naughty unless you're monitoring everybody's screen in the classroom you know the screens are facing the child at the end of the day the teacher That's can't right. see what's going on and yeah, there were like increased levels of misbehavior, the cyberbullying side of things, people going on sites that they couldn't, etc. And I already at that point realized, you know, it's, it's maybe not without real, real control on it. And I wasn't the IT technician, by the way. So um, I was doing my best to ensure that kids were safe and that they were doing what they were supposed to be doing. But I only liaised with the actual IT technician sort of once in a blue moon, it felt like. Um, and I realized then that there was definitely a problem with this, how it's just it's come into play so fast and it's being used so widely in education and that, you know, they're going to have to be careful with it and it's going to need to be monitored. And that was before all of this sort of direct marketing and advertising came into it. And now the AIs that have just become, like you said, it's, they're so much more advanced now than us because they understand us. And it's almost like we've plateaued in terms of our intelligence and technology is now just exponentially still rising at mad rates. Right. Like so even the, even the programmers that develop the algorithm, they said, you know, I develop the algorithm to tell this software what I want it to do, but then the software goes to work and does it on its own. I hmm. tell it, I need you to, to make X amount of dollars off of this hashtag it goes to work and figures that out. It's like Ultron on the Avengers Age yeah. of Ultron. It just starts to <laughs> figure out its own being and it creates its its own entity exactly. kind of thing. And it's exactly, just man. frightening. Yeah, that's it. The ability to, to think for itself almost. You know, which begged the question, was it intended for this? But it wasn't. I mean, these people that have developed these supercomputer labs, you know, it was only ever for the purpose of maximizing profit, which, you know, in a capitalist world, like, that's normal but they didn't have any idea of the the consequences and they still don't so i don't know if you remember that there was part of the doc uh, you probably remember it better than i do because you watched it today and well, i watched it like last week but it's just it, the whole thing's scary man it's mm -hmm. just frightening <laughs> oh yeah it absolutely is and, and for like the the creator of pinterest to even say, you know, I made a commitment for at least a thousand days throughout my time at Pinterest that I was going to leave my phone in my car and interact with yeah, my family yeah. when I'd get home. And he would find himself in the pantry on Pinterest. And he's like, I am developing a software that targets every single person's individuality. And I am one of the victims of my own creation. Yeah, yeah. 
and when that guy when people like that start to speak out against what they've created, you know, I can't remember his name, but the guy that created the center for humane technology, what a brilliant idea because yes, technology helps every single person advance as the human race. But if there isn't some sort of humane regulation around that, it's only going to get worse inevitably because there's no cap on any of that that junk and all these you know you were teaching with tablets in like a school format but how many kids are now at home and that is like my daughter is learning on her computer and tablet and using her phone for research when she's on her computer and whatnot so all the technology is surrounding now that we're homeschooling around our assistance for that but i have to make sure i monitor the crap out of it but even though i am it's still being watched. And what are they using that data for when they, when they right. said that we are now the product? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That that's is, it. that's terrifying is that we are yeah. being sold and we don't even know it. We are, we are the users. Yeah. The, they the said that, thing that they call users is uh, drug, drug users. addicts. That's right. The yeah, only two industries addicts. in the world that use the term users for their customers is drug yeah. addicts and software. Or users, yeah, it's just mind-boggling. And these, these, a lot of these um, CEOs and stuff of these big companies, they don't actually allow their kids. This was the other interesting thing. They don't. They know <laughs> the consequences and how bad it can be, so they don't actually allow their children to use these devices. Or they have, they're very strict with it, like you said, you are, where it's like one hour during the day where they'll allow their children to use these devices but often it will you know it'll be monitored as to which apps they're actually allowed to go on and stuff mm-hmm. but they they understand that it's dangerous they've given them where they've tried to make as much money in terms of profit on them they didn't intend it necessarily to be to have these adverse effects and be bad for children but it's they just didn't think about that they didn't factor it in and it just so happens that now it does have the capacity to really mess with um, young people's minds and stuff like that. So it's really, really important to monitor it. And it makes me, I mean, I don't have kids of my own, but certainly when I do, I'm going to be one of them super strict, crack the whip type parents. Like, and sure. it's not as easy as it may seem. Like, yeah, you monitor your phone for your kid, but Apple, they have a, a feature on the phone where you can set the time limit. So once your kid yeah. reaches an hour, it says your time is up. Guess what? Yeah. The kid just goes, okay, and they keep on going. Exactly. It doesn't stop them. It doesn't lock them out. They just, oh, okay, cool. I'm going to get in trouble later, right? And I mean, obviously, when I saw that, the phone got locked away for a month. So it's like, you know, (laughs) I'm I'm a strict parent in that aspect. It's like if I set a rule in place for your best interest and for your personal safety, I friggin' mean it. And if you break that rule, there is going to be a firm consequence because so many children don't have that firm consequence anymore where it's, they lose their mind. And the easiest way to get them to stop flipping out is hand them their phone back. And then, Oh, thank God. I don't want to listen to that anymore, but that does not help the future of this planet. And I totally understand that. And that seems to have been a common thread as well. It's, it's an easy way to kind of escape the, the side of parenting that parents don't enjoy, which is just having to like be there constantly or listen constantly. Whereas if you give them the device, it's like, you're just, it's like putting them in front of a film, you know, mm-hmm. but now it's we not, that's not done as often as just giving them their device, giving them their phone, giving them their iPad. 
it is it's a really difficult it's a difficult situation and i think these it's not that people have to be held accountable necessarily but they do have moral responsibilities now yeah. to make adjustments and make changes where they can so that it's not all just about maximizing profits and data harvesting and this kind of thing because it's That's kind right. of come so far that it's almost the guy even said it's kind of like checkmate we've almost hit a point of checkmate. it is it is checkmate on the planet absolutely have you seen ready player one no no have you read the book like it's it's about it's about a world where everyone puts on a vr mask and they're all right. on these multi-directional uh, treadmills in their houses they never leave their house they're all living in this virtual world and the creator of the game puts Easter eggs in the game. And the guy that ends up winning the whole deal, he makes a rule that you cannot go into this place except for two days a week or something like that. Or he, he made sure that there was a break. And I thought, wow, wouldn't that be cool if nobody could access the internet for like three days out of the week? Mm. It, would, it would deplete the cyberbullying. It would deplete a lot of that. But we use internet for so much. So it, like it's, it's its own animal, really. Yeah, that you yeah. can't really escape it because we use it for so much. And it's got so much, um, it's got such a dark side to it too. So we really, as a, as a whole, need to figure out how to use it properly. And even the things I'm learning now from our childhood, uh, when we get older, like a cell phone, it's, it's easier to just take those problems that we have from our childhood and just bury them and forget about them. But that doesn't help mm. you to yeah, actually yeah. sit and feel that feeling I'm learning, like from a childhood when somebody called me down to actually be in that emotion and feel it. And okay, that's what that felt like. That's where that came from. Here's how I'm going to fix that. That's what right, we're right. avoiding entirely by just handing off the phone because the kid's crying. The kid wants something. The kid needs some sort of attention, but you're yeah. just bypassing their ability to learn how to deal with that emotion right now. And so what's going to happen when they get older and they get pissed off and mm -hmm. they've got their own cell phone. No one can handle a cell phone to shut them up anymore. Yeah. What's, what's the world going to be like? Dude? And that, that combined with, them probably being steered into a direction that they might not have otherwise been steered into because of the way uh, direct targeted advertising is pushing them and pushing exactly. content. The kind of content that people are looking at now is that everybody has their own unique feed because they're just being fed more and more of what they actually are already looking at or the things that they type into Google or That's search. Right. So yeah, that kind of what you said about the, all that suppressed anger and unresolve combined with that misdirection is the yeah, it's inevitably just going to lead to disaster that's like, right I'm just going to self-implode it's not going to be a pretty sight unless we like this social dilemma the fact that you brought it up i'm glad that you you asked me to watch it so we could discuss it because i've seen everybody on my news feed talking about it um mm. and if anything you know those little things are the similarities in all of our news feed despite how everything else is so different but yeah it, it I, I'm glad that I watched it because going forward, it's like I'm going to think completely differently about a lot of the things that I do in my everyday life. Yeah, definitely. And I know that yourself as well, you probably watched it and a lot of it was sort of seemed obvious or stuff that you already knew. But it's just the way it kind of highlighted some of the more the intricate parts of the way the technology works and things mm -hmm. and how we can still be sat on our devices and think, oh, yeah, but it's harmless. But, you know, on the other side of the screen that you're looking at is a whole team of people that 
are literally using you as the product to maximize their profit and for their personal gain and that you're being channeled down avenues that you you wouldn't want to if you knew exactly what was going on right because so if you walked out your front door and went for a stroll today and left your phone at home you would experience an entirely different world than if somebody was feeding it to you directly right you would yeah. be making your own experiences in the world as opposed to this is what you like this is what you should watch and it's like you know what i enjoyed the last one i'm going to click on the next 15. <laughs> there goes mm. an hour of my life that i'll never get yeah. back before we continue, let's take a moment to thank my sponsor. Wait a minute, I don't have any yet. It's tricky to get this sponsor thing figured out between the US and Canada. I started to wonder, how can I be my own sponsor? What can I do for you? I am a lover of customer service. How can I make this a win-win-win? What do you need that I have? Maybe you're feeling lost or disconnected from the people in life that matter to you. Maybe you're missing the celebrations of everything life or even death. Maybe I could help you bridge that gap. A song designed to say exactly what you want to say in the way you want to say it? A song just for that person or occasion? A custom I love you song? Especially now since the ways in which we connect with each other have been turned upside down, a song could really bridge that gap. What if you could reach the people you love and say I love you, I'm proud of you, congratulations, happy birthday, happy anniversary, congratulations on your wedding, or maybe you need a first dance song inspired by the love that brought you to your special day. I would love to help you with that. My heart, my voice, my musical skill, my love for customer service, my love of people makes us the perfect fit to make this happen. You tell me who, what, and why with an interview and off we go. You get a custom song to tell that person how much they mean to you. Imagine the smile when they hear their song. Imagine the warm feeling you'll have knowing that you brighten somebody's day. You win because you get to do something special for someone you love. They win because they get to know how much you love and care for them. I win because I get to do something I really love that I'm good at and be my own sponsor for this podcast. Together we can roll into this new reality with compassion, caring, and fun. Please contact me at tylerfriedelproductions at gmail.com. I know, and I'm guilty of it, man. I'm guilty. I can't say that I'm exempt. You know, I've used social media platforms. I'm not on all of them, but I've generally moved over into the world of well, I'm using them for things that I consider beneficial to achieving my own goals and dreams. You know, in the way that we just come off this the community with Six FS. I mean, there's nothing better than that, and Facebook happened to be the platform for it. So you can't really knock it in that no. respect. But it's it's that aimless kind of trawling through stuff and then get getting caught into all these different conspiracies and then you're just entering that world of like hyper polarization aren't you and then having to feel like you need to join one side or you have to have a strong opinion on this and you have to have a strong opinion on that it's like yeah. well you don't you know you can you can still just be open you can still enjoy your life and be open to things and i think it's the best way to be is to be open to different opinions because it's going to make you uh, respect everybody more in, in my opinion anyway i agree i agree and that's something that i've learned throughout the course of this podcast as well is that yes we have to have differences because this world would suck if we were all the same yeah. and knowing now that if you google in your certain area for example they used global warming is 
whatever oh, you man, put in yeah, Google, yeah, yeah, yeah. that oh. autofill suggestion list depends on where you're from. So, okay, yeah. of course, why wouldn't there be some people that I grew up with that, you know, same town, same type of family, same kind of beliefs. Now, all of a sudden we're separated miles, hours apart from each other and they've got their own newsfeed. I've got exactly. my own newsfeed. Exactly. And all and of a sudden all, now we're button heads about wearing masks and all of the COVID stuff. And, you know, there's just so much, it's like forced argument almost. Yeah, yeah. And I can only imagine how many friendships and families have been torn apart because of that disagreement that has been spoon fed to them. Yeah. And has been made worse and, and hyperinflated by the very technology that they're using. Mm -hmm. I think that was what was the biggest eye opener for me was I didn't quite understand just how much of an influence that was happening on people's differences of opinion. But it's like at, at what cost? Exactly. Well, the cost of complete like social and economic meltdown. Like that's that stuff that these companies aren't really considering until now now that we've kind of hit the point where the shit really has hit the fan and you know people are starting to wake up and think whoa well you know is this this is the beginning of dystopia or is there anything that can be done now because it's that serious i really it is sounds like we're really sort of like it's doom and gloom but man it is when it's you, true yeah it is so true man it's happening and it's the real. one developer even said the next thing he can vision happening if if it doesn't get under control is a civil war mm. you know where people finally stand up and say look this isn't what we want for our families this is not what we want for our kids you got to do something about this because we all use it and we all love to use it yeah but there has to be some sort of like that one developer created his own he had to hack his own software to prevent him from using his apps because it yeah. didn't exist there's nothing in there that allows you to prevent yourself or you know and there they have things they have facebook light they have messenger light big yeah. deal you know what happens with that yeah. you you get rid of them and you download the full one because it's just they do that on purpose yeah, yeah. we'll give you a facebook light yeah it's enticing you it's like every little thing oh we'll give you a light version but it's only to lead you onto the major version That's it's like right. that whole that an interesting point was when you get an email because if you don't turn your notifications off, like a lot of people were getting an email saying, oh, you've been tagged in a photo. Yeah. And so then they, he was like, the guy who spoke about that said, well, why the hell don't they put the photo in the email? So exactly. you, only, you just get to see it there. And then, well, it's all to do with, they want you to log back into their platform because it's all about that user engagement thing again. You know what I I've noticed? Even, I mean, them simple things I didn't even cotton onto, but it's just, it seems so obvious. It does, and doesn't they just, it? They just dial it in, they say. It's yeah. like, oh, what do we need? Oh, we need a bit more uh, people tagging each other today. Let's just dial up like the email sends. It's like, That's right. Yeah. And when they said that, it it kind of just clued in. I, I have noticed with Instagram, when I get two or three notifications, I can bring down my drop menu and I can drop it down one more and see a photo. It's not the whole photo, mm. but you can see a bit of the photo. And after two or three of those now I can't anymore. I physically have to click on it to go into Instagram and see that photo. So it's like yeah. they give you three tries and it's like, Hey, three's enough. We need you in our app. Now you can't see yeah. a preview. So it's like, right, right. again, it's just, it's like cocaine light. Is that really going to help a drug addict? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. Not going to help. A good, whatsoever. There's a good, there's a good analogy. 
and the other thing, yeah, with, with Instagram is like every time you swipe down from the top, you're always going to get your your feeds always just refreshing. Something like, new, like a lottery machine. New every time, yeah, exactly. It's like the slot machine effect, isn't it? Which they say they deliberately modeled it around that. It's exactly. the whole like psychological device that keeps you addicted to a slot machine. They built in to these apps, which again seems harmless on the surface, but underneath it's having a it's having an impact long term yeah. unfortunately right. it's the younger generations who are suffering and that's that's i think that's where the the part of it that's the most painful for me is because you said like you said when they grow up no one really knows about the long-term impacts but we already know about the impacts it's having on them as youngsters so i mean we could all make an educated guess like exactly, could, yeah. couldn't we just yeah, yeah. stop right now and say look why wait 50 more years to see how bad it gets before we come up with a, a reason to avoid it or a method, yeah. a method of avoiding it. Let's, so prevention, prevention is better than cure, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Let's make an educated guess right now, like they're doing with the Humane Technology Center. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's really good to know. But, you know, if they don't get a handle on that, not only are we going to have a generation of grownups who are addicted to technology and, and afraid to take risks and all of that stuff that they had mentioned, yeah. but the drug addiction that's going to come from that is insane. And I explained that to my daughter, right? I paused the, the documentary and I said, look, every time your phone goes off, you go, Ooh, piece of candy. And you go and you look and your brain <laughs> releases. Family guy. Exactly. Right. Ooh, piece of candy. Ooh, piece of candy. And so it's exactly like that. And every time you look at it, your brain releases a little bit of dopamine. And I said to her cocaine, when it enters your bloodstream, tricks your brain into releasing a whole bunch of dopamine. Mm. It has nothing to do, it has everything to do with the cocaine, but the cocaine is what triggers your brain to release that drug. And they figured out a way to do that with your eyeballs, not putting yeah. it in your nose or in your bloodstream or like heroin or anything like that, but they can do it with your eyeballs because it's all the same psychological method. And so yeah. they are forcing people to essentially be addicted to the same drug because no matter what drug you do, it releases the happy hormone in your brain. So it is, right. it is a drug that is not illicit. Yeah. It's that stimulus, isn't it? That's exactly it's, it. That's what they're, that's what they're banking on really. Yeah. And being a recovering that. drug addict, there's never enough. There is never enough. You could put no. a whole bunch of cocaine in front of me and it'll never be enough unless I, yeah. you know, come to the end of my life because of it all. Right. Which yeah. is why I know that that is not something I need in my life because there is never any end to it. And when it's something that is made to look so innocent as a cell phone, because there's so much utilization, there is good to mm. it. It's that subliminal thing that subliminal addiction that is there that you don't even know and if you're a child and you become 40 years old and you don't know why you need to have that feeling all the time well yeah when it's so short-lived it's, it's basically false you know like, that's right it's just there's no long-term reward for it it's all short-term so it, it might as well be fake but they can keep you there because it's so constant and that's the thing like the main the guy i forget his name now but the guy who actually made that documentary he said that his big question was well why hasn't anything been done to make these platforms less addictive yeah you know what i mean which was is the opposite of the model the current model and he put out an email to everyone didn't he and in gmail that was at so the, the gmail corporation yeah. yeah yeah and everyone got back to him and they were like this is i couldn't agree more like it's so true like why aren't we using uh, design 
to make these things less addictive so people want to spend less time on them and it just kind of fizzled away didn't it everyone was on board with it but then nothing happened once it so got to this of, to the head of everything it just kind yeah, of dissipated yeah. because profit always takes precedence exactly. over mental health and you know human rights and that kind of stuff and that's yeah. the, what reckon there, was a, there was a split second maybe where he was just like man he's got a really good point we really need to start thinking um no actually no we just yeah. want to make the money you know that's what right. i mean that's, that's that doesn't buy me my new my new holiday home yeah exactly and this that's it that's the problem but with the with the ingenuity and the inventiveness and all the engineers in the world today you can't tell me that we got to this point without a few really brilliant minds right and so why can't we take today's brilliant minds and say okay the old model worked till this point but we're realizing some flaws now what does everyone use this for? What does everybody need it for? How does it profit people? But how can we fit this into our lives in a healthy manner? And I guarantee you, they're going to come up with something as long as they try. Yeah. It's just yeah. a matter of realizing that the whole world needs this just, just as much as be, they needed the connection. People, yeah. Will these people be allowed, be given that opportunity though? And the answer just really just feels like a strong no, doesn't it, at the moment? It does. Yeah. Feels like there's powers that be that are forcing the hands and it's yeah. and we again we're the we're the victims we're the sheep we're the ones that are being sold here and i mean i'm going to use it to my advantage but yeah. then again you can go with the best intentions using this technology to your advantage and never know what kind of downfall it may have it may not have any at all or but, you don't know what kind of effect it's still having on you whether you're still being caught up in that whole the world whether you're using it for your own advantage or not, that's the problem. But I guess time will tell. We're kind of past the generation of people. You know, we grew up without it. So we know a world without it. Our minds developed without it. It's like you said, you know, I just remember when mobile phones started coming out and to think that we'd have such power and control in our pocket then was just, it was unthinkable, unimaginable. Mm -hmm. So we, do know a world without it and so I think we're wired differently but for people that are entering the world now or in the last decade or so I think their minds are wired completely differently yeah. as a result That's of the world right. that they've been born into so they don't know I mean, any like, different time will tell yeah yeah that's it gotta stay hopeful I guess to some degree <laughs> like, yeah that's right I, that's right and you can only really do what you can do for yourself and I say this with you know, the whole concept of the world peace is like, I can't, I can't force you to be peaceful, but I can certainly control my own inner peace. And if everybody dealt with that on an individual scale, then on a global scale, we'd have more global peace. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. the same would go with this technology thing is if we all, it's going to take a while, I think, because there's, there's, there's a lot of young parents that have grown up at the tail end of our generation, but they're more accustomed to this. So it's going to take mm. a while to, to try and convince those super young, even teen parents to realize that this isn't healthy for their young kids that are coming up too. So it, yeah. it, it could take a while, but this is a great start with this documentary and the Snowden one, like hopefully more stuff like this comes to light just to convince people exactly the real dangers of social media. Yeah, I think so. I do feel like it's one of the most important documentaries to come out this year. I mean, I know we've got this whole pandemic thing, but there've been so many different conspiracy theories and mm -hmm. 
people who have been going down these rabbit holes. I mean, I know I've, I've been down a few over the last few months who hasn't. Type yeah. Thing. That's where I started. Uh, and then I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Maybe yeah, just know, ride yeah. this one out for like a normal guy for once and, <laughs> and not jump on the whistleblowing train just yet. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I just got sick of it from being yeah. honest. I just needed some time away just to kind of just soak in what was actually happening in my life and what's actually important. Um, mm-hmm. we'll have to see, we'll have to see Tyler. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely have uh, taken it as a blessing because I'm working from home now and I'm able to take all of that time I would spend doing something for someone else, but doing for myself and I'm connecting with other people and I'm at home teaching my daughter. And it's as, you know, I hate to kind of brag really, cause there's a lot of people who have had nothing but downfall with this COVID pandemic, yeah, yeah. nothing but stress and death and all kinds of, negative things i hear and, you man i hear you I'm, I'm definitely one of the people that feels fortunate as well you know yeah to have, been, to have landed on in the things that we did and to have been led in the right direction you know and the fact that you yeah. put this this platform together is amazing man so well thank you definitely a lot of, a lot of props to you for that for I sure appreciate it very much and i'm glad that you wanted to come on and chat with me about this and i'd love to have you back on again to talk about music because yeah i, yeah, I love sure. what you do and I'm slowly making connections to the so almost 300 new friends that I have on Facebook. Now. So it's, <laughs> it's nice difficult, to kind of, isn't it? You kind of, you feel like we could have done that in the six months we were on the course and then you realize, wow, it's just an impossible task. Like, it is. Yeah. So, it seems but there's, there's time. The good thing is we can, we can still work on those relationships moving forward. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, no, we did. We, it was a bit of a curveball, wasn't it? With this, um, this talk about social dilemma, but yeah, I'd be more than happy to come back on, man. It's been great oh, talking definitely. to you. Talk about music or, something else yeah it is amazing how much we think we know about the technology we all wish existed back when it didn't i remember watching the old dick tracy cartoons wishing i had a watch i could talk to my friends through i still don't have one of those but the fact that they exist now makes the little kid inside of me burst with excitement but then you are shown the ugly side of something you once thought was so wonderful and suddenly you are caught in a paradox do i continue using something i know is helpful yet harmful what are your thoughts? Join the discussion on Facebook at This Is Your Show and on Instagram at This Is Your Show Podcast. I realize the irony in this, however, it is currently our best bet at raising the fastest awareness, so let's utilize it while we still can. Thank you for listening to This Is Your Show. My name is Tyler Friedel, and I will talk to you soon.